Diverse is brought to you by SWE Advance, supporting the recruitment, retention, and advancement of women in engineering through career resources, professional development, and one-to-one networking opportunities. Hello, I'm Jessica Rano, FY17 President of the Society of Women Engineers, and this is SWE's Diverse Podcast Series. Please remember to add this podcast to your iTunes and like or follow us on social media. Visit SWE.org for more details. Joining me now is Dr. Luann Pendy, Senior Vice President of Global Quality at Medtronic. She's our opening keynote speaker at WE16, SWE's annual conference held this year in Philadelphia in October. Based in Minneapolis, Luann is the leader of the quality function at Medtronic. She reports directly to Medtronic's CEO and provides strategic direction and oversight for all areas of quality and regulatory compliance across the global company. Luann is the executive sponsor of Medtronic's Women's Network, which is a resource group creating and promoting opportunities for women in the workforce. She is also a member of the Leadership Council on Advancing Women at the Conference Board. Last year, she was named to the National Diversity Council's list of the top 50 women of influence in technology. Thanks for joining us, Luann. Well, thank you so much, Jessica. I just have to start out by saying what an honor it is for me to present this keynote as well as the uh, the podcast for the Society of Women Engineers. Uh, it's just an honor to to be here to be able to provide uh, the value of of the leadership lessons that I've had to everyone who's listening. Thanks, and we're excited for you to be joining us in Philadelphia this year. It's you know uh, we're anticipating it being our largest conference ever. So well over 9,000 attendees, which is really exciting. So let's jump into our questions. And could you tell us a bit about your career and educational background? Sure, sure. Uh, I have to say that uh, if you look at my career, if you look at my resume, it seems like an orderly sequence of events that occurred that led me from where I started as a biology student at the University of Michigan all the way to my current position as head of global quality at Medtronic. But I can tell you that it wasn't a a planned progression over time. I had uh, great opportunities that happened. I was certainly in the right place at the right time uh, that that allowed me to go from there to here. I also benefited highly from having sponsors who looked over my shoulder, gave me advice, uh, guided me to make decisions that led me from here to there. I can tell you that my very first sponsor, believe it or not, is my oldest brother, Mike, uh, he determined pretty early on in my uh, in my life that I should go to the University of Michigan. I'm not sure how that decision was made. I grew up in Flint, Michigan, but I knew at a very young age that uh, that I was destined to go to University of Michigan. He loved Michigan, and uh, so fortunately, I got in. I got into the college. It was the only one that I applied to, but uh, but I went to U of M. I studied biology because I've always been a, a scientist at heart, and I studied biology, and I graduated with, uh, with a BS in biology. Immediately after that, I took a position in a research laboratory at University of Michigan, where, first of all, I was fortunate to meet my husband, uh, my husband of now 32 years, but, uh, but I met my husband in the, in the research laboratory. And the work that we did in the laboratory was in immunology, which at that time, 
time was, I guess you'd say, a, a newer science, newer than chemistry and physics and some of the old sciences. And immediately, I just loved working in the laboratory and learning new things. And uh, certainly, I loved immunology. You see, at that time, immunology was growing by leaps and bounds because there was a new disease on the horizon called AIDS, autoimmune disease. And uh, it, uh, it was thought to be due to uh, an, an immune problem, an immune, immunology problem. And so the work that I was doing, I was learning so much about uh, what is the immune system. And so because my interest was captured by that, I decided to pursue my Ph.D., in immunology. And uh, my husband and I moved to Chicago, and I went to Rush University to study for my PhD in immunology. And again, like I said, it was just such a great time in immunology to study because the science was changing. Every day we were learning more about B cells and T cells and, and how, they, how they were getting dysregulated in, uh, in an AIDS patient. So I, I eventually received my PhD in immunology from Rush University, and I moved to work at Abbott Laboratories, which is on the outside of Chicago. My husband actually worked for Abbott as well, and so I took a position there in the product development area, learning about uh, physiological diagnoses and things like that. So that was interesting for quite a while, and I moved from a, being a, a scientist up to be a manager. Uh, they decided, we decided that I was a better manager probably than I was a scientist, and uh, so that's, uh, that's, that's where I was. Then uh, eventually I, I took a role in the quality organization, and that started me down the path where I am now. Um, as a leader, I moved over to the quality organization, getting into a different part of the business, a, a part about pharmaceuticals and, uh, and medical devices and, and things like that. Eventually, my, my career just continued to play out. I was promoted to a vice president position, and then I was the head of quality for, um, for a, a spinoff of Abbott called Hospira. And then finally, I was fortunate to take a position here at Medtronic where I'm the head of quality. And so I suppose it sounds as I go through that like a like a path that was designed specifically for me, but I can tell you that I I I had uh, a lot of luck in it. I was in the right place at the right time. There were opportunities that were put ahead in front of me. I took some risks in taking different types of positions, and finally, I had sponsors who guided me along the way. So that's my career. That's that's how I got to the place where I am today. So as a scientist who also happens to be a woman, is it a personal goal for you to recruit other women into STEM careers? I know you were just talking a lot about sponsorship, so uh, that does seem to be a theme that helped you through your career. So um, I'm thinking that you're doing that also with others throughout your career. Well, let me tell you a little bit of a reason why it is so important to me that we recruit other women into STEM careers. It wasn't a, a predetermined thing that I would go into uh, the science field that I did. In fact, I had sort of a rocky start. When I was a young girl, 
I grew up in, in Flint, Michigan. My father was an electrical engineer for General Motors. And uh, there was a day when I took a, an aptitude test at school. And I was so happy because the aptitude test that said that I should be an engineer. And so I raced home with my paperwork and I put it down in front of my father and I said, Dad, look, this says that I should be an engineer just like you. My father was not happy about that. He slammed his fist on the table and said, no daughter of mine will ever be an engineer. Now, there's a reason why my father said that. At that point in time, the engineering schools were entering only 2 to 3 percent female into the classes. And so on it was just about that time that female engineers were coming out the other end and they were starting to work for General Motors. And so you can imagine that there were very, very few that were going. And of those few, men like my father really was not that accepting of having female engineers in the workplace. And so when he said this to me, it clearly had a profound effect on me. I knew that that wasn't a, a career a career path that I would be following, certainly because he didn't support it. But, um, but I started thinking about different things for, um, for girls like me to consider. My next career uh, idea was to be a flight attendant, but I decided that that wasn't going to work for me. I eventually got my way around to, uh, to get into science because I love science. And um, so now as I look back on that and I look at the women engineers that are still in school, I look at the women engineers who have just got, gotten out of school, it's so important for us to continue to encourage girls to study science and, and technology and engineering because it's it's just uh, there, there are great career opportunities for women in those fields. And uh, so looking at it now, um, where I started, uh, not being sort of allowed to be an, engin an engineer, then being able to use my science background to be successful in my life, it's just so meaningful for me, for me to continue that. I can tell you, just so that you don't leave thinking that my father was just a terrible, terrible man, I can tell you the proudest day of his life uh, for me was when I received my PhD. He was just so happy that I was able to, uh, to accomplish such a great thing in his mind. So, uh, so I, uh, again, it is a personal goal for me. That's why I do the work that I do with women, um, with the Society of Women Engineers to promote these ideas. That's a great story about how it's come full circle, you know, and now our engineering schools will graduate around, depending on the school, but around 20% engineer, female engineering students. So, uh, you know, definitely we keep growing, but that's our work in Swedes to continue to grow that percentage. I would attest that 20% is not enough. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, we, that's we why we still have more, more work to do. Yes. Uh, and we hear about how the importance of adult influencers in making those decisions. Uh, so I'll continue on that theme. At Medtronic, you're the executive sponsor of the Medtronic's Women Network. Uh, how are you using that network to help other women succeed? Well, I, um, I, I participate heavily because I think that it's so important. But I'll start out a little bit to talk about why is, why is it important? Why is inclusion and diversity important? And uh, studies have shown that companies that bring 
people together on teams that are diverse, that are diverse in, in terms of background, in terms of experience, in terms of gender, uh, even in terms of generation, are more successful than companies that don't. And the reason why inclusion and diversity is so important in the business world is because as we try to solve problems, no matter what industry you're in, as you're trying to solve problems, it is very, very important to get a diversity of opinion, a diversity of idea at the table. Um, Medtronic is such a wonderful company. We are providing therapies for people in the, in the health industry to, to improve their lives. And in order for us to get the best possible ideas for those therapies and solutions for our patients, we need to have a diverse group of people who are working together. And so, um, so we work very hard. We have a we have an aspiration at the company to increase the number of women in leadership positions. We are making great progress in that regard, and it's all about the fact that. It is important to have our leadership teams, to have our executive management, to have our board of directors even, to be reflective of the patients that we serve. And so that's a that's a diverse population. It's uh, it's uh, men, women, um, it's people from all over the globe who participate in our leadership teams, our executive management, and our board of directors. So I can speak of it just from that perspective. It makes sense from a business perspective to um, to have women succeed. On a personal level, of course, I I want uh, I want each woman to have an opportunity to achieve her personal level of success. And so the types of things that we're doing within the Medtronic Women's Network are all about that. They're all about uh, giving the women in our organization opportunities to learn and develop, opportunities to learn and develop in areas where they. They might not have exposure in their current uh, everyday jobs, as well as an opportunity to see other women who are succeeding and to and to um, work closely with other women and understand what are the secrets to their success. Yeah, that's some great thoughts you had on the importance of diversity. You know, especially in healthcare. I also work in healthcare, and I've heard a statistic that eighty percent of healthcare decisions are made by females. And, you know, as the industry has evolved, having more females involved, definitely, you know, that is the customer. So I think that just as you said, having that diverse thought is very important. Right. Many industries are are finally, you might say, uh, getting the message that the female population is making a lot of the decisions. Even in the automotive industries, they say that the females are making the decision about the cars to buy. Uh, in the uh, grocery industry, they're understanding that. In all the industries, they're understanding the importance of the female perspective. And so it's uh, it's it's really, really nice. And, and I know that many companies have goals to, to increase the number of women in their leadership positions, and I applaud that. So you're giving our opening keynote speech at Week 16 in Philly. And what is the main point you hope women take away after hearing you speak? I think that a, a key change in my personal development was when I finally started to know myself. All right. So this is the message I want, I want everyone to get. First of all, know yourself. Know your story. 
how it is that you came to be where you are today. So I talked a little bit about uh, my background, uh, my, my family history. Knowing my story has been very helpful for me to understand how I can work better and succeed in, in the business. Final, um, a final thing is to know your strengths. And uh, it's something that I uh, uh, something that I learned here when I came to Medtronic. I was put through a program called Strengths Finders, and it was so illuminating to me, um, you know, over 25 years being in the business to finally get to a point where I, I see that knowing my strengths is the key to, to my success. And so my message in the, uh, what, what I'd like women to take away in the, the keynote is know yourself, know your story, and know your strengths. But the final thing is use them. Once you know them, once you understand what it is about you that makes you special, that makes you different, that makes you valuable, then use those things to help you and to help the business in, in which you work. So, for instance, in, in my particular piece here, just to give you a piece about myself, my key strength is, is learner. I love to learn things. I love to know things. And uh, that provides great value for me in my work, both in research before and now in the quality organization that I lead. I, I love to learn things and, uh, and to make ourselves better, to make Medtronic better, to provide the high quality and reliable devices that people depend on every day. Um, I need to learn. I need to continue to know more and improve myself. I use that to my advantage to not only for myself, but to lead my team of quality professionals. So when you know your strengths, you know your story, you know, and, and you know yourself, it allows you to, uh, to just be a better person. Then the next lesson is don't be afraid to use them. Don't be afraid to use your strengths. Don't be afraid to share your story. Don't be afraid to let people get to know you. Because in our world... In order to make great achievements and accomplishments, we need to collaborate. We need to work closely with other people. We need to be part of a team. And in order to be a successful person as part of a team, it's very helpful if the others trust you. In fact, it's essential that, that others trust you. And the way that people start to trust each other is when they start to know each other. And so uh, once you know yourself, don't be afraid to show it. Don't be, able to, don't be afraid to use your strengths. Um, and then finally, as women, for many years in, in my career, I came to work and I, I acted like the men did. I suppressed some of those things that make me uniquely different from men. And uh, so my last piece of uh, encouragement for, for all of the women is to use your strengths that make you different as a woman. And those strengths are we tend to come to the table as more collaborative. We tend to come to the table and ask more questions before we reach a final decision. We tend to come to the table being more influential, and it might be because we are more participative, we're bringing more people into the conversation, we're, we're reaching uh, more balanced conclusions about things just because of the way we are. And so I would encourage all of you to understand what your strengths are and use your strength that comes to you naturally naturally as a female in this uh, this workplace where we find ourselves working with men and women. That's great. You know, I've also done strength finders and I find that the uh, 
you know, like the first time you do one of those, you're kind of like, wow, I wasn't expecting that answer. But then you're like, this is exactly me. And, <laughs> you know, and I think sometimes that, uh, you know, especially mine are not what you would normally expect for an engineer to have some of their strengths. And I've been able to use that to help my career. And so I think that's a great point to show what you're, you'll find out, you know, acknowledge what you're good at and being able to lead, you know, your career forward with that. So I think kind of turning, knowing yourself is one thing. Also listening to feedback from a trusted person is a topic you've discussed. Um, is that a skill you learned during your career? I did. Uh, and unfortunately, I learned it kind of late in my career, to be honest with you. And so one of the, it's, it's why it's a, a topic I discuss frequently, because I want everyone to know that this, that getting feedback and responding to feedback is probably one of the most important things that you can do. So very quickly, I'll give my story. I was involved in a 360 assessment. I learned something that was a total blind spot for me. I learned that I don't uh, participate enough in meetings. I learned that I had no edge, that I was not a powerful force in the meetings and, and in the discussions that were happening at the company. The way I learned this was through the 360. No one was willing to tell me that being quiet and being respectful and uh, listening and taking lots of notes was a key to my success. What they said when I did all of those things, I didn't look like I was participating in the meeting. I didn't look like I was engaged. I didn't look like I was interested. I didn't look like I was smart enough to be a member uh, at, the, at the discussion. So I received this feedback in a 360 and I changed. I started coming to the meetings, participating, making sure that my voice was heard, making sure that I sat at the table, not in the corner. And I can guarantee you that that was a total turnaround for my career. Very, very important for me. And uh, and the lesson there is, first of all, um, participate, be, be engaged in, in the activities where you are. Uh, but the more important message there is to get feedback and follow it. Now, get feedback from a trusted person is is an important point in in what you said already, Jessica, because you you want to make sure that it's the feedback that you need to make yourself uh, better than you are. Um, don't go to your mom. Don't go to your best friend. They love you, and they're not going to give you the feedback. You need to file. You need to find a trusted colleague. It doesn't have to be a senior vice president in your company. It could be just someone who you interact with on a daily basis. But someone whose opinion that you, whose opinion you trust is uh, is going to be important. The second piece. This is not an easy thing to do. First of first of all, it's not easy to ask other people for feedback on your performance. It's very hard for me personally to say how am I doing, but you you need to get past that. You need to make a make a commitment that you want to improve yourself and and work on your career. And in order to do that, you need to ask for feedback. The second thing is many people may not give you feedback. And so you're going to have to be persistent. You're going to have to press it with this colleague to say, I really, really want to know this, and I really want you to give me that feedback. Uh, there's a couple of challenges there. Sometimes if you go to a female colleague, we all want to be nice, and she may not want to give you the feedback that you need. 
So you need to be persistent with if you go to a female colleague. And if you go to a male colleague, sometimes they are afraid to give advice to females because they're not sure how females will handle the advice. So be persistent and handle it in a very mature and open way, regardless of uh, who, if it's a male or a female colleague, take it very seriously and handle it in a, in a very mature way, thanking them for the feedback. Then the next thing is to think about that feedback and how are the many ways that you can address that feedback. Think about all the ways that you might be able to impact that. Go back to your trusted colleague and say, of these five things that I do, which do you think will work? Get that person's opinion on that piece and then put it in place, put it in practice and uh, see, t try it out. Test it out. Do an experiment and see if that's going to work for you. And then the final piece is to go back to that colleague and say, this is what I did. Did you see it? And did it seem to make a change in the original feedback that you have? So, uh, again, I want everyone to benefit from a lesson that I learned very late in my career. Get the feedback and respond to the feedback and make the changes that you're hearing about yourself. I think that's great advice because, you know, as what we were just talking about before that about strengths, it's always great to hear about what you're good at, but it's kind of scary to hear what you could improve. And so I think it's uh, it's a challenge to learn about what you can improve about yourself, but I think it's a you know important. I think it's also important as a manager, like in your role, that you also provide that feedback. That's one thing that to me, providing feedback when I became a manager was really kind of scary because I didn't want to tell people, you know, like you had said, you, know, you don't want to necessarily tell people what they're doing wrong and how they're going to, uh, what they can improve and how they're going to handle that. So I think that's a great point that it's, it's needed to keep advancing your career. Continuing on that theme, being confident in showing what you know may be difficult skills to master for some women. Did they come naturally to you? I can say a big fat no on that <laughs> particular one. I am, I am extremely confident when you're talking about uh, quality. That's what I do when we're talking about standards and regulations and things like that. I am extremely confident because that's my function. That's what I've learned. Those are the things I know. Um, I'm not so confident when I'm working on the executive committee at Medtronic uh, surrounded by my peers who are business professionals, HR, finance, et cetera. I'm not so confident in uh, in having the discussions outside of quality in those particular areas. And so I work very, very hard to be a confident business partner with my peers because that's what's expected. I am extremely fortunate to have uh, the chairman and CEO of our company, Omar Ishrak, who's, the, who's my boss. Uh, he's the leader of the executive committee. I'm so lucky because he has emphasized to all of us on the executive committee that we are there to participate in all of the aspects of the business. And he challenges us to uh, to speak up, not challenges me, to not to speak up about quality type issues, but to speak up in general and give my 
my um, my ideas, my expectations, my my knowledge to the subject at hand. Uh, again, I, I'm so fortunate to have Omar as our leader because he believes in inclusion and diversity. In fact, he's the one who said that his executive committee and his board of directors should reflect the patients that we serve. And the reason he finds the value in that diversity is because he wants to know what are the what are the different opinions, what are the different ideas, what are the different experiences that we all have as we put it into the into the discussion as we try to make decisions about the patients that we serve. So I am extremely fortunate to uh, to have his confidence in me. And in turn, I, uh, I make sure that I know enough so that I can speak confidently about, uh, about the business things. So it's a, it, it is a difficult skill to develop. And the way that I've developed confidence in, in, in myself um, is that since I'm a learner, I'm more confident if I know things. And uh, ahead of a meeting, for instance, I will study the materials. I will find out what what's being said. I will find out what what contributions I might make to the discussions. And, uh, and that way, I'm ready for the meeting and I can be more confident in myself. Another piece of, uh, of being confident is just building the skill building the skill of confident. And it, uh, it means practicing. It means uh, practicing showing confidence in every situation where you are. I often tell women to uh, look people in the eye. Uh, this is more in the American culture, uh, in the American business culture. Uh, look people in the eye. It shows that you, you want to know them, you want them to know you, that you trust them, you're interested in them. If you're looking down sometimes, it doesn't, uh, you, you don't look so confident. Another thing that you, you've been hearing for years, men and women, uh, shake hands and shake hands confidently, have a firm grip, uh, look them in the eye, introduce yourself, etc. Uh, and so I I do talk a lot, uh, to, a lot to women about uh, showing their confidence because it's it's just so important. And and women, for some reason, tend not to show their confidence. They tend to be more shy about it. It's not a skill probably that we learned uh, along the way. And uh, I, it, I I tell people it's not good enough to be competent to know your your craft. Uh, you also need to be confident. And uh, those two go hand in hand, be competent as well as be confident. And practice. That's, you say, you asked me, did it come natural to me, naturally to me? I'm also an introvert. Uh, so it really doesn't come naturally to me to look people in the eye and to say who I am and to shake the hand confidently. Um, I, I have to practice. I, I honestly have to practice and I have to put myself out there and challenge myself to to do it, to show my confidence. And it's something that I do every single day because I, I, I probably never will uh, get over the uh, my tendency toward introversion. As we wrap up our podcast, is there any final thoughts you'd like to share with our audience? Sure. I just have three free three thoughts because um, I think that this is the key to my success. First of all, it is most important for you to learn your own craft. Do the best possible job that you can do in the job where you are. Um, if you don't like the job where you are, find another job because it's very, very important to be the best at your job to not only meet but to exceed your boss's expectations. But that's not good enough. 
You need to go to the next step to learn the business and learn more than just your own job. You are more valuable to the company if you know more about the business than as you as you go along the way. So if you're engineering a certain process, learn the process that precedes your process and learn, learn the process that succeeds your process. Learn what happened before and what happens afterwards. Just start there just by learning that. Learn the thing that, that happened before the first one and that happened before that happens after the second one. So just start to expand your knowledge base about the work that you do. Learn about what the person in the next cubicle does. Take the time to to learn more about things outside of your own role. And uh, take advantage of things like employee resource groups. Take advantage of, of networks to learn more about your business, to learn more about the business, to learn more about how things happen at your at your school, at your company, et cetera. And then the final piece of advice that I would say after you learn your craft, you learn the business, be willing to take risks. Be willing to put yourself out there. Be willing to do some things that other people don't want to do, that other people don't want to take the risk at. Um, Because I can tell you that in my own career, it was the times that I took the risks that got me the visibility, that got me the exposure, that eventually got me the promotions. And uh, if you're if you're willing to put yourself out there, others in the organization will see it, and they will in turn want to have you on their teams. So that's uh, that's three thoughts, I guess, that I sh- that I finally shared with the audience, and uh, I-, I just appreciate so much this opportunity to participate in the podcast. I appreciate the opportunity to speak at the uh, at the conference next month. So thank you so much, Jessica. Thank you, Luann, and I'm excited to continue our discussion at We Sixteen at our opening keynote, and I look forward to seeing you there. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Don't forget to explore additional offerings from SWE Advance at advancedlearning.swe.org.